Welcome to the Mother Earth News Fair Roundup Permabite from the Permaculture Podcast with Scott Mann, a listener-supported program. This comes from a journey that photographer John Lane and I took to Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, to the Mother Earth News Fair. We had an incredible time and thankfully had three days to enjoy ourselves, from Friday, September 12th to Sunday, September 14th, 2014. I think if we'd had any less time, we would have been a bit overwhelmed. There was so much going on. During our time there, we had a chance to meet and talk with a number of people. If you have a chance to attend one of the Mother Earth News Fairs, as they are held in multiple locations throughout the United States, please do. I think that they're well worth your time as a permaculture practitioner and someone interested in building a better world. There are so many opportunities for workshops and other events in one weekend, which would take a lot more time to get to if you were trying to get to individual events. That's where I think fairs and convergences like this are very useful to us as practitioners to go and meet and build community with other people who are doing this work. So then, from the fair, here are some of, but by no means, all of the highlights. As I spent a lot of my time going around and catching up with different people, while Lane and John checked out many of the lectures. First up, we met with Michael Judd, author of Edible Landscaping with a Permaculture Twist. We had a chance to interview him and also hang out some throughout the show. He was generous with his time and incredibly dynamic in person, more so even than what you would hear in the interviews that we've done together in the past. If you're anywhere near Frederick, Maryland, check out his website at ecologiadesign.com and see if there's any opportunity to attend a workshop with him if you're within commuting distance. He's someone I think worth seeking out and you'll have a good experience with. As I live not too far from Michael, I want to go visit him again and do another formal interview in the future. Next on our series of sit-down chats was Trad Cotter, who was just as engaging in person as he was in the interview that came out in early September. We sat down for a while and talked about medicinal mushrooms, which was the second of the video releases from the fair, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. Once the camera was shut off, Trad hung out with us for another hour or so talking about mushrooms, and we dug deeper into why it's important for the people to own the knowledge that can be used to change the world. Trad was also gregarious with Lane and John when they showed up to photograph one of his presentations. If you get a chance to take a class with Trad or see him speak at a conference, do it. You won't be disappointed. And John Lane and I have an outstanding invitation from Trad to go visit him at Mushroom Mountain in 2015 and tour the facilities. Find out more about Trad and his work at mushroommountain.com. At the fair were also Jason and Sarah Dravenick of the North American Bushcraft School, located in Hedgesville, West Virginia. They're not too far from my hometown of Hagerstown, Maryland, and about an hour and a half, two hours from where I live in Pennsylvania. But together, Jason and Sarah offer a number of primitive skills, workshops, and classes, which are right in line with the rewilding work that Ben Weiss and Wilson Alvarez advocate. Jason is a gifted and engaging teacher who really lives this, and you can see some of that in a short video interview that John did with Jason. But some of the things that Jason and Sarah do include tanning their own hides from roadkill, and forging their own bushcraft knives. Of all the workshops that I saw over the weekend, Jason's on primitive fire making drew one of the largest crowds of any of the non-keynote events. People were standing around the stage four and five deep. I'm planning to go down and take some classes at the North American Bushcraft School sometime, or at least go and visit. So expect more from Jason and Sarah sometime in the future. I also spoke with Matthew Goldfarb of Fruition Seeds, he and Petra Page Mann, no relation to me that I know of, have one of the coolest plant breeding programs around that I've heard about. 
I found out about their work when talking with Matt Stillerman and Michael Burns at the Finger Lakes Permaculture site tour, and after seeing their company name in the program, wanted to grab them for a few minutes. But what Matthew and Petra are doing is breeding plants to create open-pollinated heirloom varieties that are adapted and resilient to local conditions, unique to the bioregion in which they are developed. I picked up a couple packets of their insectary blend of seeds to plant for the 2015 garden here at home, and look forward to seeing how that works out. And I also am looking to interview Matthew and Petra more formally when I return to Ithaca for a Finger Lakes area interview tour. Also represented at the Mother Earth News Fair was the Three Rivers Electric Vehicle Association. This is the Western PA chapter of the Electric Auto Association. And they had a variety of electric vehicles on site, ranging from custom-built cars, trucks, and bicycles, as well as factory production models, including a Ford EV and a Tesla Model S. Sitting up near the electric vehicles was Tara Witsit of Fermentation on Wheels. This is a food and fermentation education project that travels the country teaching people about nutrition in a converted bus. If you've read any of the books by Sandor Katz, you have an idea of the jars and crocks that filled the bus. She had kimchi, kombucha, water and dairy, kefir grains, and many, many other fermentation products that I wasn't so familiar with, all set up and displayed in a well-designed stable rack, allowing everything to remain in the open and on display. Once she's settled into an area for a few days, I want to sit down and talk about this project and learn more about her work of teaching and fermenting on the road. Uncle Mud was also there, running an ongoing cob and natural plaster building workshop that was very hands-on and kid-friendly. I have a picture of a small girl putting plaster on the wall, and the instructor was speaking to those people assembled around them while also encouraging her to pull and play while he talked about the materials. As a parent, I like the openness and willingness to allow her to learn and experiment readily at such a young age. And though I didn't get to speak with them more formally, I did get a chance to meet other folks along the way who are doing good work. And I've reached out to them also for interviews, including Dan Cheris of the Evergreen Institute and author of The Natural Home, and Lloyd Kahn, author of numerous books on tiny houses and hand-built homes, including the incredible book, which is now 40 years old, Shelter. While at the fair, I also sat down with Jen Mendez of permikids.com, and we talked about permaculture, education, and podcasting for a while. It was a delight to sit down with her and get to meet her and her husband and both of her children in person, and understand her focus on education and using these ideas of permaculture and homeschooling and unschooling, and even the formal education system and parent advocacy to create and reform the education system that we have so that it works better for our children and others. She'll be joining me on the show as a guest in the near future. From the people, there were some interesting products and organizations at the event. One was Airhead Composting Toilets. I like these units for their small size and easy-to-empty liquids container. Compared to some other companies, the price was rather reasonable at under $1,000. And as I sit and plan to build a tiny home on wheels, this is what I'm considering purchasing to install in that space. Of what I saw at the show, this is the one that made the most sense to me. It was just easy to use, didn't require a lot of resources, but was a bit more contained and easier to travel with, I thought, than just a two-bucket system. Also, there was Bruder Bottle Cap. It's a simple ball valve design that fits a screw-on cap that you can put onto a plastic soda bottle, whether 20-ounce or 2-liter, to water chickens and other animals. 
It struck me as an appropriate technology because of the simplicity and durability. John, who does a lot of design work and building in his non-photography career, took one apart and was simply amazed at how simple it was and how well it could stand up over time and also be user serviceable. And I've read about commercial chicken operations moving towards bottle feeding. And I think that this product is an inexpensive way for someone on a homestead to implement this kind of idea. Al, the owner, was generous with his time explaining the idea behind the products as well as how to train your chickens to use them. He wants to create a 501c3 that can produce these watering bottle caps for distribution to developing countries and disaster areas. Retail at the show was a $5.95 for a pair of them, which would be enough for a small home flock. Chatham University, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was also on site and handing out information regarding two interesting degree programs, a Bachelor's of Science and a Master's of Science in Sustainability. If you are involved in permaculture and would like some additional education to support your work, something I found very useful in this credentialed society we have in the United States, this is a direction worth investigating. I know that I've gotten a number of calls from people who are transitioning from that late high school or post-first career looking at options for more education. So this is one that you might consider. Another one that you might consider is the program that I'm currently involved in, also from a state school in Pennsylvania, which is the Masters of Science in Parks and Resource Management at Slippery Rock University. As with everything in the show, everything that I've mentioned, you'll find links to all of these resources, including Chatham, Slippery Rock, Bruder Bottle Cap, and others in the show notes. Another group that I've spent a good bit of time talking to was Ghosts on Stoves. Patrick and Matthew of Ghosts on Stoves were there demonstrating their products. And I'd talked to Patrick last year about the work that they were doing, so it was good to see him there and to meet Matthew. And they're both trained permaculture practitioners. They met at a permaculture design course and then together worked on developing their innovative solar oven. I want to pick one of these up and spend a year cooking with it throughout all seasons and conditions here in the temperate climate of Pennsylvania and see what living with this type of solar cooker is really like and how well it works for an individual or small family. With that idea of using natural and renewable resources, an interesting wood splitter that I saw at the show was the Woodox Woodsman. Having watched on more than one occasion my father put an axe into his foot, as well as seeing splitting wedges fly off if struck off center, these three- and four-way wood splitters are tools that safely handle the task of preparing firewood for a self-sufficient homestead. You can just put it on top of your log, tap it a couple times with just a regular claw hammer, hit it once or twice with an eight-pound sledge, and now you have three or four pieces of wood available. A pair of these runs around $100 for both the three- and four-way splitter, but it's a durable product that would certainly last more than one lifetime. For those of you interested in mushrooms, and I know there are plenty of you out there, at the event were two more purveyors of mushroom spawn and supplies. One I heard about from Michael Judd and was happy to see there, and that is Smugtown Mushrooms out of Rochester, New York. And the other was Backbone Food Farm in Maryland. So if you'd like to try someone else for a supplier and see what strains are being adapted and what might grow in your area, here are some other options. Wrapping this up, I'd like to give a personal thanks to Brandy Ernzen, the PR manager of Ogden Publications. She allowed John, Lane, and I to attend the event as members of the press, which gave us a lot of access to the show. And she made the entire experience of working the Mother Earth News Fair easy and simple and helped us talk to everyone who we wanted to, as well as to locate additional information and resources to share with you, the audience. So if you're ever at one of these events and you see Brandy running around, say thank you. 
And that ends the report from the Mother Earth News Fair by the crew of the Permaculture Podcast with Scott Mann. We did shoot some other video along the way, which I'm working on as time allows. Keep checking out the YouTube channel for the show, which you'll find a link for in the show notes, as well as the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Permaculture Podcast, for those and other information. And if you enjoy this type of show, help us create more like it by supporting the podcast. Find out how to make a one-time or ongoing contribution by going to www.thepermaculturepodcast.com slash support. Until the next time, create a better world each day by taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.